Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another basketball edition of the only podcast. I am your co-host, Austin Smith, joined as always by your other co-host, John Kirby. You can find us on Twitter at ACSmith06 and at John underscore Kirby. And as always, follow the mothership at Believe Network, B-L-E-A-B Network uh, on Twitter. Today is Monday, June 26th. And you'll notice one thing I did at the top of the show was very clearly identify that this is the basketball podcast, the basketball version of the only podcast, maybe I should say. This is how we're doing stuff from here on out. Splitting it up shows a week. We're doing football. We're doing basketball. They're both going to be a little bit shorter. That we don't have to hear us drone on for so long. Remember where you stopped. Yada yada yada. We'll make it very clear that you have two separate uh, shows to which you can listen. When will we release them? Who's to say? In what order? I can't personally tell you that. But at this point in time, we do know that that's how it will work. Uh, and we also know, John, before I hand it to you, that Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code. Believe, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts, right here where the episode starts. John, you can talk now. Dude, that was 100 out of 100. You nailed it. Nice work. That felt was good. Um, speaking of betting online, Draymond Green bet online. Eh, didn't work. So... <laughs> Draymond's contract is what we're going to try and do uh, because it's not only him, he's a Michigan State guy, and we're just going to, we wanted to talk about it more than anything. A lot of drama, a lot of things mm. that came out of it. Austin, I don't know if you uh, watch shows that maybe your wife likes more than you, and then you watch things that she you like more than her. That mm-hmm. for me is the NBA playoffs. <clears throat> so, Usually she'll be watching a, like a dating show and I'll jump in with her at like on the end, like the like last episode. And I'll be like, just tell me like, I don't actually care like for real what their names are, but who hates who? And she'll <laughs> kind of take me through that. And then the episode becomes at least a bit enjoyable. So the same thing happens with like the NBA playoffs. She's like, I don't want to watch all the games, but she'll sit down like it's the last episode, you know, because it kind of is. And it's like, all right, so who hates who? And I'm like, okay, well, the Warriors is Draymond and actually he hates his own teammate and he hates him back so like explaining all of it was quite entertaining so if you're new to this the the latest situation here is uh there was some strife between Jordan Poole Michigan grad uh or excuse me not grad I believe he just attended and Draymond uh Jordan got the max contract last year which kind of nudged out Draymond on getting a max contract uh, at all. Jordan Poole did not have a good year, had just an abysmal playoff performance. Draymond was, when he played, had an average year, but in the playoffs he was pretty strong. 
And it became kind of evident that this, more than anything, Jordan Poole could probably not become a guy that could win you a championship. And as they looked past, you know, Steph and Clay moving on when they eventually did. And so um, they, they got a new, I'm laughing because it's like insane. They got a new uh, GM. Dunleavy comes in and he's like, uh, I could do four more years of Jordan Poole. The next day gets rid of him for a 38-year-old who's worth more money than anyone should be at 38 years old. And Draymond opens the door for Draymond to return to the team uh, at probably even a higher rate than he um, was going to get otherwise. He can still uh, you know, test the waters in the free agency pool, but I don't think he has any intention that he wants to ride and die with Clay and Steph and um, team up with an old rival to chase that final uh, ring. So did I get, did I did, did I do it? Is that, I think, I think you did it. I think it's, uh, it's objectively really, really funny as a Michigan State fan that Jordan Poole, he of 24 years old, who, when he's going right, is a great scorer. That a team that the team that just handed you a contract would turn around and trade you the next year for maybe the most notoriously injured playoff point guard of all time, who is also 38 and has 30 million dollars uh, as his cap number this year. The fact that a team would do that to you tells you that you were not, in fact, chosen. They just chose Draymond Green over you. It's yeah. it, there's there's no other way to read this, quite honestly. Um, and you well, can't. Lo- well, time out. We left out a big piece, or at least I did. Mm-hmm. When Draymond punched Jordan Poole. That also happens. That <laughs> also happens. And got all of it. He got his money's worth. He he certainly did. Yeah. So there's some other elements to this that are very behind the scenes interesting like i'm sure people have all read the articles if you haven't go look them up it's it's not like they're hard to find but basically jordan Poole was talking a lot of trash to draymond about uh some of the things you don't really want to talk trash to draymond green about it's just a bad idea in general really about anything with draymond but uh he said some things that were maybe a, a little over the line and draymond punched him in the face about it now that turned into Jordan Poole kind of getting this contract, um, which again, if you you read what the beat reporters wrote, the athletic has like seven warriors beat reporters, all of whom wrote something about this. And they said uh, that basically that contract and his poor performance tied with it weighed down the entire team, the entire season, and ultimately led to the dysfunction that everybody kind of noted. And in order to repair that again, the warriors traded for Chris Paul, one of the most ornery players in the league who is always hurt at the worst time again this year and is 38 years old. Like that's how bad they wanted you out of there. And like, that's, that's how little they trusted that you could be the one to execute on the second, like in, in the playoffs. And listen, he might go to Washington. I think there will be people that look at this and say, the Wizards won this deal. And it's very possible that they end sure. up because listen, he's he's young. He's the type of young piece that like honestly good on the Wizards for turning Chris Paul into into that. But um yeah, I, I just I think it speaks a lot about you know 
it says a lot when you're getting traded and you're the one that just got handed this and you're the younger one and you're this, that, and the other thing. So I don't know. Very, very interesting. And uh, I agree with you. I have a very hard time seeing the Warriors doing this unless they know Draymond's re-signing. Because all they're trying to do is maximize Steph's remaining window. And they're smart to do it because they're getting A-plus out of Steph for at least, I don't know, I mean, who knows for how much longer. So you really got to go all in and try to win another ring. And they decided Chris Paul gave him a better chance. And Chris Paul and Draymond gave him a better chance to do that than Jordan Poole. But but that's too hollow. I mean, you just say it like that. Like that just changed my mind completely. Like from from I could see both ways too. Two Hall of Famers or a kid who's gonna be the best player for the Washington Wizards. I mean that that's <laughs> that's it, you know, like so um a lot of NBA stuff happened. Um, yes. any more any more you're good with Draymond? I'm we can we can I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled for. I'm thrilled for Draymond. I'm not like a wizard. Or excuse me, like a Warriors guy. Like I'm kind of ready for that dynasty to be over. But also, like it's Draymond. Like I'd love to see him get another ring, and yeah. that would be cool. So yeah, if it benefits him, then I'm I'm all in. Real, real. Uh, get Draymond one more ring is a one more ring kind of guy over there. Oh, this kind yeah, of ring. Let's, let's make that happen. Um, but do you, yeah, hoops is. Uh, the center of attention in the midsummer of the NBA draft took place. And mm-hmm. we didn't see any Spartans drafted. Unfortunately, we did see Joey Hauser get picked up by the Utah Jazz, which, yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> only because his brother's for the, playing for the Celtics. So it's like, it's pretty yeah. obvious where he was ending up. Um, but I mean, I think that's a good spot for him. I think he's going to get a shot here in Vegas this summer. And, um, you know, who knows what happens? I mean, he deserves it. The way he played, the way he shot. I mean, and listen, when you're 6'9 and you can shoot like that, yep. um, you deserve a shot. I don't know that he has the lateral quickness to defend a lawn chair in the NBA, but he is very, very deserving of getting the chance to, to, to prove that wrong. Quite honestly, like Sam Hauser, a lot of people would have you know, said – yeah, it's it's you know pick your poison in terms of which one of the two brothers you prefer. And Sam Hauser's carved himself out a little role in the NBA. Yep. So you know I'm I'm excited for Joey. I don't think anybody was really expecting you know once once uh, Hogard and Akins and and Tyson all decided to come back. I think you know the writing was kind of on the wall that none of the Michigan State players are going to get drafted. This isn't like losing the NFL draft streak like. There are so few guys that get picked. The NBA draft is only 58 players, which I think is kind of crazy. I feel like yeah. they should expand it another round at least. But um, it's also when you look like it, one thing was very striking about this draft is that the top of this draft is like completely bereft of power programs. If you look at the top 10, there were yeah. four, well, one, two, three, four, five college basketball player half of the top 10 were not guys from college basketball three of them were g league slash overtime players two of them were from mets 92 in france including when Binyama and Bilal and koulibaly but the rest of them again like we're talking three sec teams in bama arkansas and kentucky that saw players get drafted and two uh american teams i believe in ucf and houston being the other two like yeah you get past that and the next picks are 
Duke, Kansas, Michigan, UConn. So the things, you know, you start to see the trend pick right back up after that for a stretch. But like, I think it's just a very clear indicator of what people thought of the, you know, and it's not surprising. Again, you look back at the NCAA tournament. It's not surprising that a lot of these guys, that there weren't a ton of studs at the top of this draft in college basketball because it was just kind of a, a down year in general. So a really interesting draft. I have to say, I find it very funny, very funny that Michigan had two top 15 draft picks and zero postseason appearances. I just think that's great. No, they, they were in the postseason. They went to the NIT. You know what? You're right. You're absolutely Dude, right. Come on now. Sorry, that's my fault. That's exactly where you want to be when you have two top 15 picks. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's bad. I'm sorry. I know it's obviously bad, but we need to, like, come on. I don't yeah. think people realize how bad that is. Like, you need to go and look at the other college programs that produced one player here. I don't even have it in front of me. And then go look and see what that, those programs did. Like, now imagine there were two <laughs> like on the same team they need like that's terrible i i yeah. mean like, <laughs> it's very bad it's very bad <laughs> we're well, saying uh, i'm giving no context but i think it's just it's important that we lay down how bad it was and it was as many times bad as we said yeah i mean it's it is it is an objective failure if you i mean if you are a team with a basketball tradition like michigan has and you don't make the NCAA tournament that's and then you lose two guys to the draft to go in the top 15 and the other guy who leaves your program is the number one player in the transfer portal in Hunter Dickinson like what does that say what does that say that feels like it all points towards one very um not said but also very said thing and you know the X's and O's might might not be going great if you're losing like that. A um, couple of other players to shout out here though. Uh, Penn State getting a couple of guys drafted. I think that's wow. interesting. Yeah. Dude. Seth Lundy and Jalen Pickett both getting taken in the second round. Hey, they made, guess what? Did they make the tournament? Yes. Sure did. See, it's that easy. You you're just back. need two NBA guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, Indiana getting two guys drafted and Jalen Hood, Schifano, and Trace Jackson go, Davis. Did they go to the tournament? Yes. Sure. Absolutely. Two guys, two guys, six names. Uh, <laughs> another, um, another dude, Jaylen, Wait, Jalen Pickett's going to be nice. I think he'll be in the league for a while. Yes. Well, Jalen Pickett is very much um, of that, of that, you know, bucket getter mentality. So I'm with you. Um, another one to call out. You may remember this name, number 49 overall, Imani Bates, drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, listen, a lot of people, a lot of things have been said about Imani. I'm happy for him. I'm happy he got drafted. I hope he can find a way to be successful in the NBA. Um, just goes to show. We talked, I think we talked on the football episode about too much dip on the chip. Imani might be yep. uh, might be one of those. But either way, I'm glad I'm happy for him that he got. Uh, drafted and that he is going to find a home in Cleveland. When can, let's spend a moment on this. I I read this one guy who I follow on Twitter. He's just a huge basketball nut, NBA, and he posted a blog about every single pick. He wrote about every single one, and I was like, this is sweet. And I'm reading it, and I'm like, can you 
can you say that about a guy? And I'm like, well, I guess he's a, I guess he's a pro now. So like, you can say whatever you want, if that's kind of your guideline. And it's like going through and just basically being like awful pick, just an awful, <laughs> like this guy stinks. And I was like, wow, he, he thinks like we do. When he got to Amani Bates, he was like, what an awful pick. Awful. <laughs> he's like, imagine, <laughs> imagine a high volume shooter with no interest on defense, who is slighter than a feather, and uh, isn't even that great when he when he uh, isn't in the zone on offense, like and then you used an entire pick on him. Imagine doing that, and he's just like ripping it apart. And I'm like, holy, can you do this? Is this allowed? But he's not wrong. You know, like at yeah. all. I'm reading it. I'm like, yeah. Why would this work out? Like. This is a group of prof- – he's going to join an association of professional basketball players who literally treat it like their job. I'm not saying he hasn't, but when he plays, he certainly doesn't treat it like his job. So, like, what? when would that change? I hope it does because he could be special. But It's going to be it's going to be a wake-up call. There's there's no question. Um, either way, I am, I am genuinely happy that he's maybe found some settled yeah. ground and maybe maybe the program will treat him a little bit better than the, the college game did. One other – under the radar call out here. You got to tip your cap to the must bus. Arkansas with three guys drafted all in the top 38. I know they had a disappointing regular season, but then they kind of popped back to. They made the tournament. They made the tournament. And then they also (laughs) made it at least to the sweet 16. I think they beat a one seed in the tournament. They were like an eight. And I think they beat a one. I think they beat Kansas. Um, And so, yeah, shout out. Shout out to him. So again, weird year. I think as you look ahead to like 2024, I have like even less of an idea what to expect from the 2024 like NBA. I just I just have no idea. Like the only thing I know is that Bronny James will probably get way over overdrafted because somebody that's, wants LeBron to come play with them. Which again, good strategy if you. Ask. It is what an insane like thing to be nepo babied as a draft pick like these are sweet is that possible like i, I think know. it's cool i think it's cool good for you man changing the yeah. way we do things yeah but i mean you, you if you look at again like i'm i just pulled up a random mock draft and the top three picks are g league ignite france g league ignite like we might really be in that in that era where college basketball isn't going to produce like the the studs of all studs which is which is sad in a way but also it's like let's open up that dance floor for michigan state to get back and and so let's go let's let's be the best of the rest i'm fine with that it's kind of the approach Izzo's always had and never really quite had the elite top talent to get there i'd argue he's got the same level of guys this year that he's used to having over the past 23 years his level as far as talent level and like you said, I'm not 100% familiar with this upcoming class as it relates to NBA prospects, but you got to feel even better about Michigan State because of that, um, just from a you know futures perspective. So um, yeah, exciting year. Um, two two quick things, and then um, we'll go. But 2024 recruiting is off and running. Talking about that year. Two commits for the Spartans. First, Jesse McCulloch, uh, composite four-star, 6'9", pick-and-pop center. Pick Michigan State over Alabama, Virginia Tech, and Xavier. 
uh, had offers from Indiana, Michigan, and Ohio State. He's undersized, um, another undersized center, um, but his wingspan is over seven feet. And I guess in this new game, though, Austin, where we see that a true center and maybe one that we always yearned for, like, oh, we want to have a guy we can dump it down to. I don't know right. if that I don't know if that wins. Like, like I don't know if that method can win in the day and age of the three-point shot as it's now trickled into college hoops. But so maybe this is the exact guy you need. Um, and you're just gonna get bullied in the paint and you just take those in the chin because Joey Hauser's type is gonna be slinging it from deep. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a way to live in both worlds. I mean, that you can have both flavors on your roster, and I think that is kind of where MSU is looking to put itself and McCulloch, like you said, probably falls more into the Joey Hauser bucket than he does the Maddie Sissoko or, you know, I'm thinking you're calling back to Nick Ward type of bucket. But, yeah. you know, again, I, I think the, the biggest thing is how competitive can these guys be I, I, on the glass? And it really, like, to me, it doesn't, it doesn't deter me from a guy like McCulloch on the offensive end playing that way. So long as the rest of the roster is formatted correctly to to allow for that, in a way, like I think when you looked at part of the issue last year is if you ha- if you play one in four out with three smaller guards in Hogard, Aikens, and Walker, and then you've got Joey Hauser taking the shot, like mm-hmm. you only have your center in there to clean things up on the offensive glass. That leaves you in a tough position. Whereas if you're McCulloch. And then you've got a center alongside him and a wing like Cohen Carr or a big crashing guard like, you know, maybe Gary Norman could end up being like even Hogarth to a degree. Like if he's playing the two, he's not so undersized. He's obviously big enough, like thick enough. But I I think there's 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 both sides. And it's also that's on the offensive end. McCullough just needs to be able to rebound defensively as well. Yeah. Like it, it, it's as much about that as anything else. And like you said, he's got a great wingspan for his size, which defensively, you know, quells a lot of fears. So it's about how does he fit into the larger mix? And I think it's on Izzo and the rest of the staff to make sure that, you know, his, his support system is what it needs to be. And I think if you look again, if you look at the the statement, the state of the roster moving into 2024, um, you're in a pretty decent place with that. I will say one thing quickly to call out about McCullough is he is, I believe he's a top 100 player. Um, and again, we just talked about it. Like he had an offer from Alabama. I, Michigan State is a better program quality than Alabama. Alabama is pretty damn good right now, man. Like Nate Oates is getting whoever he wants. They're, they're, they're doing good um, things. But they just lost Quinterly. Uh, yes, Javon so, Quinterly did transfer, but point is, he's fine. That, it's a nice guy to go get. Like that's that's a nice player to land a over a, a program like where Alabama is right now in basketball. Yeah, it's true, and I think what you're hoping for is a Matt Costello. Is that that can shoot a little bit? Is that what you're hoping for here? I mean, that would be that is a dream scenario. Because all you're looking for is rebounding. You know, I'm looking for rebounding. I'm looking for getting hands in passing lanes. I'm looking for a little bit of creativity on the offensive side. If he's more face up, Costello was still very back to the basket. He's more face up than that. Totally fine. Um, Yeah, it'll just be interesting. If he's got a little bit of shooting, even if it's a mid-range shot, that's a really nice thing to have offensively. I think Michigan State bigs, though, just 
thematically, typically bigger dudes that try to hit the glass as hard as they can. So as long as he's in that in that camp, I think we're a decent shape. So not just uh, Jesse, but a, a second addition, one that got the attention of a lot of folks because of uh, his overall rating. Uh, solid four star Kerr Tang, number 46 overall player in the country, um, shooting guard, chose Michigan State over Providence in Rutgers. Um, you'd like to think this is a guy that's going to see the floor right away, uh, especially after there is going to be some heavy turnover from this season to next season. You already mentioned the reasons. Um, you know, Hogard, Akins, um, Maddie Sissoko, all, uh, I believe, out of COVID years, but you never know. And uh, Xavier Booker, um, looking to be probably more of a two and done player, but who knows um, as the freshmen go. So um, with that, you'd think Kerr Tang has an opportunity to maybe even start, um, depending on how things ha uh, fall. And um, that's a big deal for a Tom Izzo coach team, you know, obviously a lot of things have to happen before then. But the takeaway here is I think that he may be talented enough um, to not be a, a, a net negative right out of the gates, um, but it's certainly a guy that Michigan State is going to look at and say, this guy could be a real, real stud for us uh, after um, a few years. Yeah, I think he actually maybe he might he's not going to be as highly decorated, but I think there's a lot of Gary Harris in Kurtag. Um, in that he's a, and I know that resonates with you, but he's that's a big deal. It's a big work. That's big. I know. Well, he's a, he's a very similar build. Yeah, six, six four, maybe a little bit undersized for for a two guard, but sturdy, almost two hundred pounds. Um, long arms has a really pretty looking jumper. I think at a minimum he's going to be able to come in, play solid defense, and space the floor for you as a true freshman. Um, which is a beautiful thing to have in your rotation uh, and to be able to get right off the bat. Like you said, could be, I mean, we could be looking at an entirely new backcourt a year from now with at least three guys uh, leaving. Um, so, I mean, you could be talking, you could be talking Fears, Holloman and Tang as three, three of your top four guards, you know, yeah. going into that season. So, uh, they're going to need him to be productive. I think the good thing is they probably don't need him to be a starter necessarily, depending on how Norman plays out. Um, and so we'll see. It's still two years out, but Tang has a lot to his game that's just very smooth. Like there's not a lot of wasted movement. Um, he's, like I said, long arms, really good-looking defensive prospect. And he was a unanimous consensus top 50 uh, yeah. pick. Top excuse me, top fifty prospect, and I know people probably hear like Providence and Rutgers and think like, is that really like all that impressive? This kid's from Massachusetts, so like these are guys, these are teams that are in his backyard, places he can go. And again, you want to trash Providence? They're in the tournament almost every single year. They're back in the Big East. Rutgers, we saw make the tournament this year. They've been a pretty productive team. Like these are places where you could easily be sold into great playing time and mm -hmm. staying close to home. And being and instead, a stud, being an absolute stud. Absolutely. I mean, he would have been the he would have been a top fifty guy going to Providence or Rutgers is a big deal. It's a big it's a big deal when they come to Michigan State. So let alone when they go to another program like that, be the hometown guy. Um, you know, instead he's coming to MSU, and I think it's it's a fantastic player to lock up, and just a guy that you know from everything you hear too is like pretty pretty mellow, but not a huge chirper. Just like goes about his work and is steady Eddie. So. Mm -hmm. You absolutely love when guys are defined that way coming into 
what can be a turbulent first first year. So excited to have Kerr as uh, part of the program. That's awesome. Um, I guess rounded out quickly, uh, you'll hear some updates from us about the Moneyball uh, is because it is back. If you're unfamiliar, it's um, Pro-Am. I don't know if it's if there are any pros, but it's like uh, the best run probably happening in the state of Michigan outside of no, it's probably the best run uh, for the summer. So uh, all the Michigan State guys get to play. The only rules are you can only have two guys uh, on a team per the NCAA. So I think you'll have AJ and Booker on a team. Um, I think Akins and Maddie will be on a team. Kohler and Holloman, Holloman will be on a team. And Carr and Norman will be on a team. Walker and Cooper. And then I think Fears might be by himself. And then Malik's not playing from his uh, foot surgery. Uh, I think I got those right. Maybe not. Um, but the, the takeaway is everyone's just going to want to see highlights of AJ and Booker, and that's pretty cool. The bottom line is you should buy into everything you see, mm-hmm. trust it, especially yep. if it has to do with shooting from a player who historically can't shoot. If yes. Holloman shoots 75% from three, oh. he's probably going to shoot 80% from three during the season. You beat it's me to it. Yeah, I was going to ask you, who is your most improved shooter award um, slash too much hype guy going to be? And I think, you... no, I can, t- I can, t- who it's actually going to be yeah. is Cohen Carr. People are oh. going to freak out. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it's too much hype. So there's two things you're asking. One mm-hmm. is who are we thinking like they're going to do something here and everyone's going to get super carried away. And that answer to me is either easily Maddie Sissoko or Holloman. It's one of the two. If Maddie makes, if he shows any type of jump shot, they're yeah. going to win the national championship. Yeah. Um, Holloman, same, same deal. Then the one that will live up to it though, is Carr. Carr is going to produce some just, I think he's going to go like, he'll have some super viral moment. That'll be like a national moment mm-hmm. because would, as long yes. as it's captured on camera correctly, because not a ton of defense played in these games. I mean, you go back, Miles Bridges, I think had a handful of just huge moments yes. in, in Moneyball. So yeah, it's, it's just a matter of time. What? Um, there's, there's no defense in this league? Huh? Okay. Uh, not if Tom Izzo has anything to say about it, but he doesn't. So Oh, that's funny. Well, and you know, it's a good thing. Malik Hall not playing. Best thing he could do to contribute to this is just to simply stay off his foot. Just, just chill, Malik. Just chill. Yeah, no need. Um, so that does it. Uh, anything else to add for this app? No, that's it. I think the only thing I'll add is that this was presented by Bet Online, John. Nailed it, dude. I love it. Well. Yeah, we'll be doing these a little more often, like I said, breaking them up for you guys. And um, hopefully we can get you guys through the summer and into the football season and, and we'll be all in. That's right, baby. All right, guys, as always, thanks for listening. For John, this has been Austin. We'll catch you next time. Sure. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.